Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I'm Rick, joined as always by Alex and Paula. This is the second take. The first take featured a bicycle from 14 floors down, but we're here. We're good to go. We're going to start with a slightly belated um, fancy Critic League update from the one and only Abitage. Uh, and then we're going to jump straight to what we're currently playing because uh, none of us have beaten or retired anything this week. It's been a, a busy Shame on us. for all three of us. Yeah. Shame on us indeed. It's the summer, right? I mean, who, who, you know, we're not playing as many games in the summer, <laughs> although I'm still playing a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then speaking of playing and having lots of games, uh, our topic this week is going to be backlogs, backlogs, backlogs. Um, and then we're going to take a question from the community and finish off with everyone's favorite, how long to, to be, be the, the game? game. <laughs> you did half of that, Pally. You tried. <laughs> I forgot to unmute myself. But see, the second half was really, it was on point. So well done. <laughs> it was all the energy in half the space. That's what it was. Exactly. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hand it off to Abitage then to learn more about the Fantasy Critic League. What's up, everybody? I'm Abitage, and this is your How Long to Beat Fantasy Critic League Roundup for the month of July 2021. There was a lot of movement on the leaderboard last month, so let's get straight to the standings. Funky Face Studios once again maintain their place in the lead thanks to The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD adding a very nice 12 points, along with the new hotness The Ascent topping them off with another 4 points. With only 3 games left to release, can Alex5101 actually be caught before the end of the year? No releases for Abisoft in July, but despite a projected point loss later in the season, they still managed to hang on to second place. However, some big upsets near the top as Noise Labs leapt into third, thanks to the release of Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin and Neo The World Ends With You, which earned them 11 and 12 points respectively. In an intimidating display of power, Pokin Paw has started flexing some muscle with the release of Buster Fellows that's rocketed them way up to fourth place with a hefty 27 points. Perhaps even more impressive is how Mango continues to rise from the ashes of Balan Wonderworld, maintaining their place in fifth with the release of the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles that brought in a solid 15 points. Frozen Frog also remains stable in the 6th position after Chris Tails added 6 points and Blaster Master 03 topped them off with a further 10 points. Without any releases in July, General Goods, Horny Mistress, Ash Masters and Beat Masters all slid down the leaderboard thanks to the movement above. And CD Projekt Rick actually managed to gain a position despite also having no releases last month. Arguably one of the biggest upsets was served to Cockroach Content Corp, who didn't have any releases in July either, but their counterpick of Neo The World Ends With You saw 12 points removed from their total, adding them to the negative score team at the bottom. It must be a comfy place though, as CD Product Refund has been keeping the fires burning with no new releases to help pull them any higher. Although there's still time for those remaining releases to change things up, as we've seen others rise and fall every month of this year. July was a fairly light month for pickups and drops, but there was some movement from our reigning champion Pokin Poor, and I know I'm not the only one that's worried about some sleeper hits coming in to school us all. Meanwhile, Funky Face Studios dropped Crossfire X and successfully acquired The Ascent for $5 just in time for release, leaving them with a full roster and $34 left in their budget. Abisoft dropped Ghostwire Tokyo and successfully acquired Aragami 2 for $2, leaving them with another full roster and $37 left in their budget. 
Poke and Paw made the most moves in July by successfully acquiring Diablo 2 Resurrected for a dollar, Stray for two dollars, and Baldo the Guardian Owls for five dollars, leaving them with eighty-six dollars left in their budget. So that's how the Howlands Beat Fantasy Critic League shaped up for July 2021. The leaderboard got a real shake-up last month, and we have some new contenders entering the top spots, which just goes to show that despite some strong performances so far, it really is anyone's game. We've only just entered the last half of 2021, and there are many games yet to be released. So get those thinking caps on and make some plans to fill out your roster with those titles that could help you reach for the stars. So good luck to everyone with releases in August. Let's get back to the podcast. And we're back. Oh, well, that was lovely. I'm still I'm still raining up there, which feels pretty good. Um, I am catching up real catching, quick. Yeah, with what I would call a dubious game at best, but whatever. <laughs> Released in 2019. I was like, come on. <laughs> but it's fine. Come on, you have a Skyward Sword HD. True, but it's a remake. <laughs> um, I'm the yeah. lead that he's a little bit worried about. I'm yeah, fine that's, well, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm mostly just sweating. <laughs> but at least see so your game came in like real hot and heavy like it was like you had like 27 points with it at first but then it went down to 89 yep. so I, now i'm feeling a little better i was like that early 93 i was like holy shit <laughs> uh, oh. and uh segue why don't you tell us a little bit more about buster fellows Paula, seeing as you're still playing it that was solid yeah i'm still playing it i reached chapter three i'm still in the common route but things are starting to um pick up real quick because with each chapter you get further into this sinister rabbit hole that is the story so far the game is like very episodic like little mysteries or cases but everything feels like it is connected in some way or, or another um i'm still using like the time trial mechanic uh that Dota has and it has been used in very smart ways which is nice and it has already been alluded that whatever she does in the body of another, it actually affects their life. So I really want to um, keep going the story and see like in which other ways people are affected by her time traveling or time leaping. Oh, the other thing that I found interesting is that sometimes you're asked something and you see a timer. In the screen, you have 30 seconds to, to answer a question. And sometimes it's a question that doesn't really have a, a definitive answer to. And I, I wonder if not answering, like, what is Toda going to say, like, in that situation? Like, if that's really, like, an option you can take and it takes you, like, into a different path in the story. So far, it's still so good. We have a cat in the team now. Yeah, I love that in um, in adventure games where they let you just not answer. Yeah, um, it is the same, I think, in Nor 9, but I think it defaults to an option there. I wonder if Dota just, like, doesn't answer if you don't answer. I may try that out, like, next time I have uh, one of those situations. But yeah, very, very interesting. Next up, uh, our weekly update on Breath of the Wild, because why not? Mm. I got very lucky and got a star piece because those appear like in random nights. I'm currently like guardian hunting because I'm trying to gather like all the pieces of armor made of made out of guardian parts. I have one out of three. And one of the things that I love about this game is like the world building building because you can 
check like different parts and read like the the journals that people have written. Um, so the, the there's a character called Robbie that pretty much made an AI uh, in the game, but I'm kind of sad that that didn't get like more explored in the game because it is implied that this machine that he made has a conscience, but for reasons they had to take the ability to talk away from it. So I'm just here hanging around the, the lab and like wondering what happened or what would Cherry say if she was able to talk anymore. Um, so yeah, the, the game kind of gets dark at some points if you really think about it. Um, on, on, on other news, um, I made some progress on Switch Fuse at your side on PS Vita, and I'm currently at stage six. On stage four, the uh, theme of the level was an unreal tutor, and the protagonist got hurt. So that led us like to a situation where um, the guy on the route, Quakasa, had to become like the traitor of the game um, for a little while. So I wonder if that's gonna be like the case on every character route, or they're gonna like um, do slight variations of the same scenarios, or what the hell is gonna happen? On stage five, I didn't really catch what the theme of the level was because the main character got there like later than the others. The only thing is that they were guessing prices. And I'm currently on stage six of the game out of seven, I think. And I'm yet to know like what the theme of the level is, but I'm just gonna say I'm not in the good situation in a good situation in the road. <laughs> but I really like that um unlike another like um death games that or death games team video games. Um, this one like takes the chance to actually like um, have a, a a traitor have like the musket character like blackmailing another character in a more aggressive way, I guess. That so it feels like the actions like taking this game like actually matter, or if I had chosen like a different answer, it would have really um, fucked everything up. So. That, that that has been interesting. Let's let's leave it at that. Um, finally, um, oh no, I have three other games because why not? Um, Pokemon Leaf Green. I haven't made much progress besides defeating Koga, the poison type gym leader, and I'm trying to catch everything in the Safari Zone, and it that is annoying. The Safari Zone is very 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 frustrating because you can't use your Pokemon. You only can throw a ball, throw a rock, or, or throw a piece of bait. So what it does is that the um, the rock angers the Pokemon you're trying to catch, and it would it can either flee the battle, or um, high, or make your chance of catching it higher. On the other hand, using bait will make the Pokemon more difficult to catch, but it will be less probable that the Pokemon escapes. And finally, like the Safari Ball is pretty much an, a normal Pokeball, so good luck, especially with the rare ones. Um, and I'm trying to catch a Tauros. 
for my team. It has a 1% chance of appearing in the Safari Zone, and I already missed one. I'm not having fun in the Safari Zone. <laughs> but, so I might reconsider my team based on Dutch. <laughs> Still, I have 71 Pokemon registered in the Pokedex, so that's nice. And what are the other games I'm playing? Um, oh, Tears of Demis. This one is on Android, and it is like a, I guess it is a type of Otome game. And technically, is, it, it is a Josemuka, I think it is called. And it is different from, uh, from an Otome game, because in an Otome game, you are like, um, you have female protagonists, um, a number of male bachelors and one of the main objectives of the Otome game is like getting to a romantic route or a, in a romantic relationship with um, the guy you're like playing the route of but in the Josemuke it is um, it is like a really great area because there's I want to say that there's like flirting and there's like some kind of fan service but you don't reach like you reach an, the ending of the story without necessarily like um having the protagonist end up end up with one of the guys. Um yeah, isn't, I think that's isn't the that main thing. true difference. of Otome's because I, I remember when I played Psychedelica, when we played Psychedelica, um there are routes where you don't end up with anyone. Is that not yeah, but there's a difference there because most of the roots have you end up with the, with one of the characters. Right, so it's a holistic thing. Okay, okay. Um, but in the case of the Jusunuke, it is more like, uh, will they, will they, will they, will they not thing? Will they, won't they? Yeah. Will they, won't they? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's your second um, language. We'll let you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am sorry. Um, no, not be silly. Don't be silly. Okay, thank you. But yeah, that game, uh, Tears of Themis, it is made by the same studio that that made um, Genshin Impact. So, um, this is a free-to-play game. It has microtransactions because, it, of course, it has. But you can like playing the whole story without, um, like without spending any money. The thing that is like kind of microtransaction. Is the um is the gacha system that it has because like the the all the romantic stuff is pretty much um gacha material. So That's what right. you really have for free is a very interesting story from what I heard because it it plays a little bit similar to Ace Attorney from what I heard in the sense of you have to investigate. And you have some attention. sort of trial thing. Um, I'm not too far into the game, so I really can't tell, but I already entered some debate kind of thing. But I think those are different from whatever the trial are. Because you're giving like the a current a kind of currency where that you use like for the gacha thing. And 
uh, you get like a, a set of cards and those cards have attributes and I think there's some sort of rock, paper, scissors thing that I am still not understanding very much because it was like very late into the night where, when I played that. I, um, but um, some arguments like I want to say uh, emotional arguments like triumph over some other kind of arguments, logical arguments, triumph over some other kind of arguments and something like that. Um, the protagonist seems very interesting. Like one of the main reasons that I became interested in this game is one, because they told me it's like Ace Attorney. And the other thing is because the protagonist looks like really fun. <laughs> Um, plus, she, she has a portrait, and that in visual novels or other games or whatever kind of game is always a plus for me. Um, the other thing that really caught my attention is that um, the they don't have well, they have like the drawn to the character portraits, but for the CGs or like the full uh, full screen. Uh, pictures they use 3D models, so they have like little animations going on for them. I'm I'm still not sure how I feel about that because I really like my hand drawn stuff, but it is interesting at the very least. Um, I wasn't expecting to talk a, a lot about that one because I really only played like for half an hour. Um, and finally, but here um, we are. Yeah, but here we are. I was also playing Legion's Mansion this morning because today is Children's Day and for some reason my nephew really wanted me to have a person too so I got Legion's Mansion for, for Children's Day and I started playing it and it is really fun, I absolutely love it, this game is gorgeous like it is one of the best looking games on the Switch right now and um, it's so super fun. far pro tip too though it, Make sure you definitely play this one with something that has rumble because it's not it's not switch light yeah. friendly. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing it on my main switch, like the not light thingy. And uh and yeah, it is uh it really does need that rumble. Um so the last thing I did before saving my game was rescuing Prof Professor Egad and I got a virtual boy. Virtual boo. A virtual boo. But come on, that looked like a virtual boy. I really love the little note to it though. Besides mm. that, I just been like playing multiplayer stuff um like Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I haven't played in a while. Like the last time I played was to get Sephiroth. So I got to try out um what's her name? Pyra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and um the guy from Tekken. And let me say that the like how it feels to play like the guy of Tekken that I forgot his name. I am so sorry. I know he's like the final boss. It's already played Tekken before. Um, it is very, it feels heavy and slow, and I love that because it feels like you're playing Tekken with that character. Mm. Like, it, yeah, it, I found that to be very neat. Also, 
Pyrrha and Mithra are absolutely broken. Like, I was like, oh, what does this do? And suddenly, like, a fire, a flame sword thrown like a boomerang or something like that. Oh, that does a lot of damage. Me like it. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I've been playing a lot. Um, so yeah, please take it away from me. Um, Alex, Rick? <laughs> Alex. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a fair bit of stuff. Um, just like slowly making my way through some bigger games, you know? Um, the one game that I tried out that I was just like very curious about was um, Microsoft Flight Simulator got brought over to the Series X on Game Pass. And it's the first time they've had like one of these simulators on a console. And my God, that game is gorgeous. Like in 4K and like flying up, it's 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 quite breathtaking, honestly. And like, you know, it's not it's not like really a game per se, right? Like it's called simulator because that's really what it is. It's a sim. Um, and so you're you're very much simulating flying. But I will say that like, it's quite simple when you get into it first. Like they've they have so many um they've so many like assists and stuff in there that you that will just automatically turn on when you get it that you're able to just like easily start flying right away um so that was pretty cool and like they have like discovery flights and stuff right so i was doing like the you know at mount everest and like going to the pyramids of giza and like flying over of course the first thing you do is like try to look at your hometown but the reality is that like where i'm living in canada i don't think they have lots of the geometry for the those cities and if they do i think they're old as shit because i was like this doesn't really look like and it's not really what it's designed for either you know what i mean like the game's not really meant to be like flying real low to the ground you can in some areas like where they've really updated it but it's more you know it's meant for flying um you said breathtaking and my head just went flight simulator breath of the world oh my god Oh, I was like, you should have seen, so for everyone listening like i'm trying to like talk through this and, and rick's got this little grin going the whole time That's and i was like i know he's thought of some weird pun <laughs> you two have the exact moment that it went into my head love that um but yeah like it's really cool like if you if you have game pass and you've got a series x because this is the first like next gen only title right like there's no um can't get anything else um I would really recommend trying it out, especially if you have a 4K TV. And like, it's such a perfect game too, if you want to just kind of relax. Like I've honestly considered because there's a point in the game too, where you can like hit a button and like go look at navigational tools. And so like the flight AI will take over. And I've honestly considered just like, maybe this should just be like a cool screensaver while I'm doing work. I'll just like set the flight and like, uh, like watch a really cool flight over a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) And I'm like, could be kind of fun. Um, but then also if you're like really into it and you want to learn a lot because like within the cockpit, like all the buttons function, right? Like it's, it's a heavy duty simulator. Um, and so they have a lot of, and I'm going to try some of them. There's like a good, um, they have like a flight training thing, which will like teach you all of the, like not just the mechanics of the game, but like also like how do you fly these planes? And then there's also like challenges and activities. So they will be like, you know, progressively get harder and like land more and more complex, um, flights and like more takeoffs and like more routes um while like slowly removing the kind of assists that you've had throughout it so it's really neat because like ultimately you know it it's meant to be like just like flying a plane right so like especially if you get like a flight stick and stuff and then get like a console set up you could like straight up make it on pc like just honestly 
The only difference is you're not actually in the air. You know what I mean? <laughs> like in terms of that. Well, they use it as a training tool, don't they? Or am I yeah. making that up? Like flight sim is an actual flight training tool for actual mm-hmm. people who fly actual planes. Actual, actual, actual. Yeah, maybe. I, I think we're hobbyists for sure. I have a feeling that it might be used for some of that, but I also have a feeling that a lot of those, um, a lot of companies might not have their own proprietary things. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sorry on that. I know for sure there's people who could absolutely learn how to fly using this. Um, have you played any of the prior flight simulator games? No. Flight no. simulators? No, I've I have had zero interest. So, <laughs> but when it's on console, I'm like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> have you played any? Yeah, because um, I haven't, but I have memories of someone in my house playing like a very old flight simulator thing. And what I remember is that it had like a very hefty user manual to on how to fly, and that my older sister was the only one that actually um took the time to learn how to fly the plane in the flight simulator that's all i remember from it oh i'm please crashing because why not yeah yeah of course i, I was looking it up so the FAA, faa doesn't approve microsoft flight simulator for training so it's not Ooh. for training you will learn a lot like i would say <laughs> if you're fascinated or interested in becoming like even like a hobbyist pilot or some sort of shit this would be an excellent way to get familiar with certain planes right and then you can go off and do your training um but yeah, it's pretty darn cool. It's pretty darn cool. And you know, the nice thing about having Series X is like, it's not crashing. Like you're saying, I mean, this game is intense. It's hard to run on a lot of computers. And I'm like, works fine. Because it does this really interesting thing where it's it's streaming in satellite data, right? Um, so, because their weather systems are like actually oh, based on the, the real weather. Is power of the cloud they've been talking really? about since 2012? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, Damn. I think, yeah. Because like, so it technically has to be always on um, for like internet, which to me makes sense. But there are there are multiple options. If you have like data caps and stuff, they have like ways of reducing that. They like, yeah, there's lots mm-hmm. of lots of stuff to set up on it. Um, but it's really cool. That's an American problem that I'm too British to understand. Yeah, me too, right? Like home broadband. Yeah, <laughs> we had shit. I know the fact that there's data caps on like home. I'm like, that's insane. That's disgusting. Yeah, I can't get my head yeah. around it. I literally can't. It makes no Neither sense. Neither can I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I don't want to talk about it too much, but like I'll, I'll be going to be futzing around with it. I think for the next little while. I, honestly, it's like if you want to just chill out and like look at beautiful fucking scenery and shit way up in the air. This game is so great. Like if you were high, oh my god, <laughs> like it's awesome. Except more ways than one. Please. Yeah, there you go. Unless you're doing it without the assists. If you're doing it like. You know, without all the assists, yeah, you've got to be focused. <laughs> but with the AI assist, it's like, you're going too high, bro. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm also playing more of the Ascent. I haven't gotten, like, too much more into it. I really like the game. Like, I like the twin stick stuff. I'm just also like, wait, there's no rush to play this right now. So, like, I've got so many other things that are on the go. But anyway, I'm going through it. The only complaint I have over right now is, like, it's really hard to tell where the fuck I'm supposed to go. Like, they have a really nice indicator that, like, tells you where to go. But, like, as you're starting to unlock more, I'm like, am I dumb? Or, like, is there no indicators on the map of, like, where in general this is? But I think it's because they're trying to get you to, like, learn that world better. Which is working. Like, I am starting to get, like, in my head, like, oh, okay, this district's here and this is here and this is here. So... I think that's fine. It's just like, you know, early gaming. And the problem is that I'm kind of coming to it, you know, in spread out segments. So that might be affecting me a little more too. But anyway, good so far. Um, 
Oh, I started playing Picross S Genesis and Master System Edition. I've completed I well over. That you wasted no time. Oh, I'm well over 150 puzzles into that game already. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, oh my God. I'll probably be done next week. Um, look, I fucking Picross is the most addicting game I have ever played. It is for me the definition of oh, just one more, oh, just one more, eh, just mm. one more. Yeah. Right? Because the puzzles aren't that long. I can beat a puzzle in a couple minutes, right? Um, yeah. And like, especially now, like I've gotten to the point with Picross where it's like, like a few minutes max on each of them, right? Like most of the puzzles I've beaten in less than five minutes, right? Like it's just like, boom, 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 you can get through them. Uh, because once you know the patterns of Picross, you can really yep. go to it, right? I'm not mm-hmm. good at Mega Picross yet. And I don't even know if I want to play Mega Picross because it looks like Mega Picross recycles the images from normal Picross. So I'm like, well, what's the point? Yeah, like they show you. Yeah, right? So I'm like, I want to see the cool images. Um, but the Picross and the Clip Picross, that's the fun shit. But this is a genius idea. Like, it's just Genesis and, you know, depending where you live, Master System, uh, whatever his name, uh, game. So it's like Sonic and, like, Fantasy Star and, like, uh, Streets of Rage, like, all this shit. And it's awesome. I'm like, oh, look, they're ac- it's actual pixel art when I'm done. And, like, I don't know. It just it seems like such a no-fucking-brainer. And I'm like, why isn't there more of this? Like... There are so many. I would love to see like a. I would love to see like a Capcom one. I think that'd be fun. Like you know, Phoenix Wright, mm. like all the older games, Mega Man, all that shit. Like I think there could be some fun shit in there. I'd love a Square Enix one, but you know, for a fact yeah. they'd ration it out with microtransactions. <laughs> I know, I right? You play the Zelda one on 3DS. I haven't. There's the Zelda one that one. You can, yeah. You can get it like with the with the coins on the on the Nintendo Rewards thingy. Uh, oh, probably can't okay. anymore, but yeah. That's, that's cool. such a fucking Nintendo move. I think you Christ. still can. Yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll but I, I, that's not a hoop that I really care to jump Also, I have to say, thing. I've never seen it on mine. It might be because the rewards are different in different countries. Um, right on the US, like yeah, Nintendo-wise. I'm on the Canada, right? So, yeah, the Canada awards were always different, and they weren't very good. <laughs> um... <laughs> Also, I don't really like playing it on the 3DS. I'm really used to the D-pad and stuff. The because you gotta, you know, like press it for the X, and I just like the bang. Stylus <laughs> is the way to go, my guy. No, but you know what the thing is, and I know you'd think Stylus is the way to go, but the reason that I'd say it isn't is that with the D-pad, you have your hint button, your X, and your select, and they're all just different buttons. So. I can like zoom through and just go and like get everything cleared up way faster than I can with a stylus. Um, plus with the stylus, I had to be kind of like pinpoint, but I get it. If you go out with the stylus, the stylus is the way to go. I think we talked about this before, actually. We had yeah. like a thing about, yeah. Um, but I'm just, I'm, yeah, I like that little deep ad. Anyway, new Picross is out. Try it out. I think the other Picrosses are on sale right now. So have fun. Um, oh my God. So I'm playing Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. Uh, Ace Attorney, and I'm I'm almost done. I'm in the eighth chapter out of ten chapters, I think, and I'm getting pretty far through the eighth chapter now. <laughs> Man, this game's horny in some ways. <laughs> like, there's a fucking like honestly though, there's a character who like Paula, you probably remember. Like, there's two characters who are basically obsessed with this one woman who like steps on them. Like, genuinely, oh, he's like, like oh, it's not even yeah. subtle. <laughs> He's like straight up like tread on me like <laughs> that sort of thing, and he's like bent down and like one of them has a footprint on his like back. They're guards, uh, like armor, and he's like, oh, Foxy's my like. It's I don't know how I forgot about that. <laughs> but here's the thing: it's genuinely 
fucking hilarious. Like they yep. <laughs> nail it. Like it's not even like sometimes you'd be like, oh, it's a little weird, but I'm like, no, this is just fucking funny. Yep. Um, and it's like very well done. So yeah, I like highly appreciated it and thought it was very, very funny. I'm also still playing Fire Emblem, the Blazing Bade, or just Fire Emblem. Um, gotten pretty far into it now. I'm on the 16th chapter, I think. So I'm like half, maybe halfway through, I think. I don't, I think there's like a hard mode extra thing at near the end that I will not do. Um, but, <laughs> uh, it, it's, I, I will say it's a, it's a, it's a bit easy for a Fire Emblem game. And I think that comes from the fact that, you know, you can't actually like adjust the difficulty, um, you just kind of have to start on the initial one. So, I, I, yeah, I'm just finding it, like, slightly. I also found, it's not really, like, an exploit, but, like, so on this, there's a side quest, the 16th, 16th chapter has a side quest in it. And in that side quest, there's an arena. Now, the arena in Fire Emblem is basically an area where you can put in, you can gamble about 700 gold, and your units will fight one-on-one with another unit. But, like, that side quest, and I feel like this was an intentional design on their part, because that side quest, the way it ends is you have to talk to a character. He's not going to attack you. You just have to talk to him. So I'm straight up at the bottom of the map. <laughs> I'm just leveling up all my units until Grinding. they hit level 10. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I feel sort of bad, but I'm like, also, like, why wouldn't I do this? I'm going to have, like, a retinue of, like, level 10s who I can, you know, not evolve, but, you know, promote to their next level pretty quickly. And so I'm like, even my healer is going to level up because it keeps healing everybody. (laughs) And that map has specifically, this is why I feel like it was a design thing. And I'm like, I kind of like it because that uh, map has a vendor with a mend wand, which is like the heal one. So I'm like, they've, they've literally set it up to be like, here you go, buddy go to town and like they hint at the arena at the first but they tell you to go away from the arena but like i saw it and i was like also come on it's fire emblem as if i'm not going to clear out every single map fully (laughs) like and i'm I'm laughing but that's smart design like give your player the option to press on and and deal with it or stop and grind like the last story did that it had an arena in the um in like the main hub town where it was exactly the same sort of thing there was like a story thing tied to it but you could also just like you say plug through and get a few extra levels and um, prepare yourself for what's to come. Yeah, on Shadow Dragon, there there was an, an arena too. Though I think it wasn't like exploitable by every every single character because some just really weren't able to defeat the opponent. But Navarre and Marth were powerhouses. Like, and and the one healer that I had, like, actually was able to decently level up. So there wasn't like much of of a problem like healing my units from a distance then after that well that and that's the thing like i i kind of appreciate it because at first you know i had that feeling where i was like oh this is sort of like this feels like way too exploitable but then it's like i remember i remember too it's like okay anytime that i feel like that in a game that has to be kind of purposeful right like and it feels like it is because uh yeah in some ways not but like especially just because to the fact that they were like and because it's exploitable but it has limits right because like like Paula said, there are some units who are just not going to be able to do it. But I brought all units, luckily, that just like very much can handle their own in the in a, like an arena. And you always had that one character, like in Fire Emblem. There's this one guy that I have. He's a horse rider, Marcus. That's it, Marcus. And Marcus is like 
you get that one crazy overpowered unit early on who usually ends up biting the dust. I don't know if Marcus is going to bite the dust like in the story or not, but like I have a feeling it's going to happen because like the like Fire Emblem always seems to do this. They'll give you a character who you're like, shit, this character is undefeatable. Like just to give you an idea, in this game, I'm playing against like advanced units. It's a side quest. It's supposed to be harder than most of them. And the Marcus character. So I've sent all my other units. There's like a map and there's like a top route that you can go that blocks you off from like eight or nine units who are like quite advanced. I sent that one unit, Marcus, down and he killed every single one of the enemies in that area. Like they just kept attacking him and he just murdered them because he's way too strong. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, the only bad thing about that one very strong character they give you like at the start, like for for me on Child Dragon was taken. They are already promoted, so they level up like more slowly, and they can really end up second like all the experience on the map if you're not careful. Yeah, but that's why they're great to use the on a map with an arena. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they are. He sucks. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if you get like the stat enhancing items, you're gonna use them on on them too. On them too. And for yeah. example, I'm rather just pick the task on awakening, but I gave some items to Jaken, and he was able to make it to the end of the game. Nice. Yeah, because there's some there's like two types, right? Like there's you'll often find someone who's like stupid weak and seems useless, but then if you level them up, turns into like your strongest fighter in the world like i remember in awakening i'm pretty sure there's like a villager that you find donald yeah oh man that dude becomes like a powerhouse um anyway i'm really enjoying this game a lot like i i I really i don't know i like the the gba-ness of it like to me fire emblem feels so i will say though i'm i'm kind of glad like i know you didn't like it but i'm kind of glad fire emblem got rid of the the weapon triangle in um in three houses because I will be honest, it's a little fucking rock, paper, scissors, you know? And, like, so, like, I just kind of am, like, uh, yeah, okay, but, like, a little more ambiguity in, like, what units are good against, like, uh, against who is kind of fun for me. Like, it it felt a little more strategic um, than in this, because sometimes I'm just like, okay, well, you know, there's the Pegasus Knight, better not let any archers nearby. Like, you know, anyway, so it's just kind of, like, yeah, I, I sort of appreciate the fact that that's kind of gone and that they're trying to like upgrade it because I'd also say that there are so many Fire Emblem games that have it. So it's like, if you're looking to play that, you have so many options. Also, there are so many fan-made campaigns that are actually really good, especially on the GBA. Like go to ROM hacking. You can find full playable games basically that are just like ROM hacks of it. So anyway, that's what I've been playing. A lot of fun stuff. Rick, what about you? What are you doing? Well, let's start with a new one. Uh, and it's a little bit of a story time. So, picture yourself 10 minutes before a podcast episode's due to start. And you can see on the docket that no one's finished anything. So you think to yourself, right, I'm going to jump on itch.io and I'm going to pick the first game I see that looks beatable in 10 minutes and I'm going to beat it. And, and then you realise that that game's like an hour long. Uh, that <laughs> that game is Inferna. Um so Inferno with an A. Um, and it's good, but it's not as short as I wanted it to be. <laughs> so basically, it's um, 
it's like a little um i want to call it a platformer but like it's you know it's on a 2d plane where you can move freely in all directions like you're a fireball and you have a charge attack uh, it's pretty good i'll i'll link it in the show notes when i uh, do the editing this week um it, it it's good it, it's it's nothing outstanding but it, it does what it does and so far it's doing it really well um I'm just, I stitched myself up a little bit because I thought I could beat it quickly. I just ended up with another game I'm playing. So that's that's worked out exactly how I wanted it to. Um, I've played a lot more of Vagrant Story and I'm glad to say it's opened up, number one, because the, the first hour and a bit, um, as I alluded to last episode, a lot of it was just like story bollocks and onboarding, um, which is fine, but it's not what I expected. It caught me out a little bit. Uh, and also the first area or so the combat is actually remarkably basic because you can only attack once and then you have to re-engage and re-engage and re-engage um what i've unlocked since in the time that i've played are magic attacks which open up some opportunities um but also chain and defense abilities Uh, and they function a little bit like the the super mario rpgs where um if you time the button press at the right time you can then build up a combo um, and it gives you quite a lot of flexibility. So on the attack side of things, it gives you multiple options, um, and you can map three at any one time to square, triangle, and circle. Um, and you have to time the button press precisely to keep the combo going. But it also ties into the risk mechanic, which is a counter that builds for every attack you make. Uh, and the higher your risk is, the higher your crit chances, but the higher your miss chances as well. Um, and so there's an extra layer that wasn't really present when you were just attacking once and then attacking once and then attacking once, where you actually have to think to yourself, is it worth uh, trying to get the extra attack in? Or should I be like disengaging from battle mode and biding my time until that counter drops a little bit? Um, and equally, the defense abilities actually give you something to sort of engage with when you're being attacked by enemies as well. Um, so that's good. It's made the game a lot more engaging from a battle perspective. Uh, visually, story, orally, still fantastic. The block puzzles are a bit the... So the, the, way that it, the way that it sort of spaces out some of its combat encounters are what are so far very rudimentary um, platforming puzzles with blocks that require you to destroy a couple, move a couple, and that opens up side areas and, and various other things. It's fine, but it, it doesn't really move the needle one way or the other. Um, the other thing that that's sort of slightly uh, annoying is the game is very hard very quickly. Um, there are a couple of bosses and some other encounters that can be really frustrating. And whether that's just me still sort of acclimatizing to what it's asking for me, from me rather, whether that's um, the game being a little bit experimental and not quite being pitched exactly how it wants to be. I'm not sure. But overall, it's really, really good. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm about one and a half areas out of 15 through, I think. So looking to be about on track for the sort of 2025 20, hour playthrough, which I feel like is probably going to be about right for what's there, assuming it sort of keeps on the trajectory it is. So still very positive overall impressions of that. Um, Wargroove's still on the docket, but I haven't played any of it since last episode or even before then. It was sort of sat on for a little bit. Uh, I do need to get back to that one. Um, a game I have gotten back to is Front Mission Gun Hazard. 
for the Super NES. Another one which is surprisingly story heavy. So it, it's like a side scroller, and you're in a Wanza fighting other like mechas and people. But then at the same time, like there'll be periods where the game will stop, and you just have a wall of text sort of slowly scrolling through about this whole political thing that I I don't understand. I don't care to understand. It's not really what I came to the story came to the game for. So that's potentially a candidate for retirement if it keeps sort of pitching it that way. Because it looks like it's a 15-hour game, but I think if, it, if it's more of what it is, 10 hours of that is just going to be the game spouting nonsense at me. So I'm, I'm not really sure I'm there for that. But when it actually lets me play it, the gameplay is pretty good. So hmm. we'll see how that goes. I'd, I'd sort of put it off for a bit because what, what I'd hoped to do um, is play it on my Vita via Moonlight, but that was re- requiring me to get broadband, and I'm still waiting for that. Oh, yeah, god damn. I can't <laughs> believe how long you had to wait for internet. Fuck. Nope, me neither. I'm in my sixth week. In theory, they're coming, so we're recording on a Sunday. With any luck, by the time this episode goes out, um, I had a conversation with my uh, with my broadband provider. I say my broadband provider, they aren't yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> over, over the last... My prospective provider, yes, um, over the over the the days sort of between recordings, and um, they in theory are posting out a four G router, so that is set to arrive the same day as the engineer is supposed to come. So hopefully one of those two comes to fruition, and whether it's a temporary or a permanent broadband solution, I will have it anyway. Um, so I've just been playing that on the PC for now. Two other games. The first one is Root Film uh, on PS4. Talked a little bit about it last week. Um, it's just really nice. Uh, the art's lovely. Um, I'm enjoying sort of learning more about the characters and the mysteries around the 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 film that sort of forms the core of the game, um, the film that the characters are, are making. I like that everything feels very grounded and realistic. Um, I think that really meshes well with the way the dialogue's done, uh, with the art, with the story. Um, I like it so far actually a little bit more the root letter, which is the game that preceded it. And that was good, but it also felt, I think, a touch melodramatic because it, it was about a guy trying to find someone he'd lost contact with for 10, 15 years. But it also laid it on a little bit thick in a way that didn't quite sit with all the facts that it gave you. This feels a little bit more cohesive uh, so far. And, you know, as it stands, if it looks interesting, it's an easy recommendation because I've, Really, really, really enjoyed it so far. Um, and then the last game, and this is a, a playthrough that started completely by accident, is Castlevania Circle of the Moon on the GBA, or specifically for me, on the Game Boy Micro. Um, I pulled it out to check that the battery was still working. Holy shit, you're uh, playing Circle of the Moon on the Micro? That game is on the muddy as is. <laughs> yeah, right. man. The shit. Micro's got a backlight, though, so it's fine. It's If the Micro didn't have a backlight, yeah. it would be horrific. The other benefit as well, um, if there is one minor criticism of the Micro, um, <laughs> it's the fact that the, the shoulder buttons aren't great. And Circle of the Moon requires very little use of them because um, L is like your magic, which is non-existent, and R is your special ability, which you barely use, or the other way around. So you, you're basically playing with the D-pad and the, the two face buttons, which is fine. Uh, the game looks fine on it. Um, I, I'm I'm a big advocate of the micro, so I would say that it is definitely the weakest 
of the the Nintendo handheld Egovanias. Hmm. But it's still pretty good. Uh, the yeah. the only real criticism I have personally is just how much double tapping the D pad you need to do to run. Oh, I, I hate um, that shit. And when you change direction, it doesn't like maintain that at all. You know, it, in a better designed game and in newer games, what they would do is if you went from right immediately to left, for example, without stopping, it would maintain your run. But this doesn't do that. So there's a lot of double tap, double tap, double tap, double tap, especially when you're sort of doing some of the platforming upwards kind of thing. Um, so that's a little bit dead. But, you know, the, the game still stands up at its core. Um, and what was supposed to be like a two-minute test, everything still working, turned into about a 45-minute playthrough and a I'm going to have to finish this now, aren't I, situation. So that's where I'm at with all of my playings. It's I'm, I suppose I'm sort of the same as... as where both of you are at, actually, where I've just got quite a few longer playthroughs that, that I'm just sort of plugging away at, and then Inferno. Yeah, and then Inferno. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, I've just been going steadily at games right now, and it's probably not going to change anytime soon. I've just got a bunch of long-ass ones on the go for the next little while, so we might have a dry spell on completions yeah. for a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see I where we're going. I think um, the tortoise game I'm playing is Fuse... Yes, it fused, and that's still like twenty hours. Yeah. Okay, mine are much shorter than that, but yeah, all right. And uh, <laughs> speaking of runtimes and games ongoing and backlogs, that's probably a, a nice lead-in to our topic this week, which is sort of our raison d'être, both as a podcast and as yeah. a wider community, and, and that's backlogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we we were saying amongst ourselves in the lead up to this week, it's. Uh, it's sort of long overdue that we talk about our backlogs, what we do with our backlogs, how we structure and think about and um, approach those backlogs. Um, and if you, if neither of you two mind, I might jump in on that because my approach has sort of changed quite drastically over the past couple of months. Hmm. Um, and, and as anyone who listens to more than a couple of our episodes knows, I'm someone who juggles lots of games at any given time across lots of different platforms. Um, and what, what that's been for the longest time has been a very unstructured thing where it's just like, eh, what do I want to play now? Even if I've got like five other things going, mm-hmm. you know, I'll add a sixth one to that. And then it becomes tricky because things just roll on, things uh, fall by the wayside. It's that classic thing where you've got eight hours in a game, but you leave it for a month and you come back. So, oh, shit, what do I do now? And you either have to start again or you spend another hour like reacclimatizing to that gaming situation. Um yeah. So what I'm doing now is, uh, as well as my actual how long to beat backlog, uh, there are two new tools, two new strings to my bow. Uh, the first is a, a custom tab called Up Next. Um, and rather than just being like, oh, what do I want to play now? Um, within reason, I try to pull everything from that pool um, with, with the specific aim of, of knocking out some games that I know I desperately want to play. I just need to sort of, help myself start um but also to try and help me uh knock off some of the some of the platforms where um i've only got a few games left for them or the hardware is getting to the point where I'd, I'd like to sort of at least try all of those games before it gives out on me sort of thing mm. um and the other thing i'm doing is i've got a spreadsheet which on the y-axis i've got uh platforms and then on the x-axis i've got like um, priority of play 
Um, and then I'll bold anything that I'm actually already playing within that. Um, and as well as platforms, I also have um, a few franchises that I'm trying to like knock out as well. So currently uh, I've got Metal Slug, which I've, I've played about half of the games in the series of, in the franchise of. Uh, I've got Etrian Odyssey. Um, I've got Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, and I've got Treasure, whose back catalogue I, I would like to try and play through in its entirety. Um, and it probably will be possible to do it in its entirety because they haven't made a new game since 2014. And it, it, it seems to all intents and purposes that they may well be um, defunct as an organization, which is very sad, but also sort of beyond the scope of this conversation. <laughs> They're the Astro Boy developer, aren't they? They are indeed. Yeah, 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 I know that. I played a lot of their games. They're good shit. <laughs> Astro Boy, Sin and Punishment, Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. It's, they're good guys. I've, I've never disliked any of their games that I've played. Um, but I'm, I'm going all the way back. So um, at some mm-hmm. point soon, I'm going to be starting with their very first game, uh, McDonald's Treasureland Adventure. <laughs> that one might be hit or miss, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, well, we will see indeed. Um, so yeah, why don't we see about what you two are doing about your backlogs now that I've evangelized for a little bit. Yeah. What about you, Paolo? What do you do for your backlog? What's your, how do you organize your backlog? (laughs) So one of the things I do is have my backlog organized on how long to beat. There I have a bunch of different, uh, tabs that I use to organize and maybe like help me choose what I want to play next. Right now I have the the usual playing back like on replays. And also I have a tab especially for Otome. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> Actually thirty one of my games are Otome. Okay. So not too shabby. Um I also have a tab called uh, Science Adventures. Um because I eventually want to get to all the Chaos Head, Stains Gate, and Robotic Note um, visual novels. But I haven't started because I'm still waiting on that uh, English fan translation for Chaos Head because I want to play them like in the order that they came out. I might end up playing like the Spanish patch just to get that started. Finally. Oh, so it's, it's Chaos Head before Stein's Gate, or am I mixed up? Yeah, it is first Chaos Head, then Stein's Gate, then Robotic Notes. Then it is... Is it Chaos Tiles, then? Chaos Tiles, Stein's Gate Zero, and Robotic Notes Dash. Right, so Robotic Notes Elite is the one that you mentioned first. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm going to need to enlist your help when I get around to those, because I was planning to play Steins yeah. Gate, but if Chaos Head comes first, I will probably also yeah. wait for that. Okay, you can probably still play Steins Gate and not miss out on a lot of things, but as you progress through the games, like in the order they were released, you'll start like catching these little references to one another. Um, there's like this overarching thing that's going on, Um if you really like start tying in the different lines in the different games, mm-hmm. it, it gets confusing though. So mm. good luck on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other tab I have is priority that, that is like a shorter backlog, so to speak, that are games that I really want to get to next. 
So there I would put stuff like the next Zelda game I'm going to play, the next Fire Emblem game I'm going to play, um, games that I've received like a gift. So for example, Nina Kuni and Luigi's Mansion 3. And generally like stuff that I recently got because I'm trying to only buy games that I can get to sooner rather than later, which... Yep. Yep. Guess how well that worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have so many Switch games. <laughs> yeah. And you and you buy like hefty Switch games too. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Uh, the other thing, it doesn't uh, help that I have this idea to play like uh, Otome in Japanese to help me like learn Japanese a little bit. It takes even longer. And I have three of them here. All three got localizations announced like in the last couple of weeks. Beautiful. I also have to say, um, Otome game covers are like a fever dream. So many colors. <laughs> Dread. <laughs> uh, especially like the Cupid Parasite. Yeah, Cupid mm. Parasite, like, color-wise is a fever dream. Uh, that aside. Mm. Um, um, so, priority. Where was I? Oh, yeah, priority. Um, I also have a little journal that I carry around everywhere where I, like, write down and notes about the games I'm playing because it has happened to me like before I started doing this that I would stop playing a game for a while and then try to go back I remember nothing so now I have my notes to help me nice. also, and it has work I was just gonna <laughs> say for the listeners benefit it is of course a Breath of the Wild journal very nice. <laughs> of course. The other one I had was a Zelda one, but like a general green Zelda one with the logo. I remember the green one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I have like all my backlog written down. I'll, I think there's 225 games right now. And I start, I pretty much I finish a game and then cross it from the list. Nice. That's my general strategy of how I, I tackle my backlog. I also like put like a little tab on whatever page it has a finished game. Uh, so that gives me a, a small sense of accomplishment on a honestly a, a useless thing, but I have fun doing it. Um, nice. So I try to, I try, I really try to have less than six games uh, going at the same time <laughs> because I color code them. So for example, I would use like the pink marker for the for the current atomic game I'm playing. If I have two, I would use a purple one to mark the secondary one. And then the green one usually gets used for Zelda games or whatever game has like a green theme to it. And stuff like that. So I try to have only six games going at the same time because I can color code them and at a glance I can distinguish them like in the page without needing to read the, the title of a game. Hmm. I am a, a maniac, so I also have a, <laughs> a spreadsheet that I started recently where I I got curious to how my backlog fluctuates um, given a, a set amount of time. So I'm, every morning I look at the um, time left to beat all time of my backlog and i've been great uh, writing that down every morning on an excel sheet so i know like how many hours i've added or subtracted from my back from my backlog over Damn. a period of time 
I have issues. Huh? Um, so yeah, I try not to have many games. I try also to have a charity game, which I I don't have right now. I haven't been following my own idea of a backlog management thing. Um, well, yeah, uh, they're all they're all ideas, right? Like these are ideals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the, the problem ideas. I find is when you've got short games and long games. At least for me, I just find myself completing loads of short games, and that long game just sits there. Like, that is true. And I that think that's why we true. all find ourselves where we are this week, where we've got quite a few long games on the go. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um. Alex, want to take it away for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, yeah. So I, I think I kind of, like, when I look at my backlog, I have my backlog split into, like, four different categories. So I've got, like, the backlog, which is basically just, like, games that I've bought or own for, like, my Switch, my Xbox, like, any, you know, kind of stuff that I've, basically just games I bought, honestly, <laughs> like, the big, big major ones um, for those things. Then I also have, like, a digital column, which is, essentially a column like aka emulation um so like or just like pc right like itch.io games that i maybe like bought in the, the bundle um or like snes games like just anything that's just kind of like digital and like i don't have a huge need to go play it but it's like hey these are games that i'm interested in i have a rom of it or i have downloaded it on my computer and maybe i'd like to get to it eventually um i also have a game pass kind of column because i like to sort of game Pass has a lot of games and i like to filter some of them out and like put them in there so that i can sort of see which ones i'm interested in and then i have a handheld column because i have just so many handheld games i want to play right that's my game boy mm-hmm. gba um ds vita like all of them are in there that's currently my almost my biggest one it's tied with digital it's got like 57 in there so i have like about 150 160 games in my backlog and what i like to do is the reason I have four is because I like to pull from those four categories because um, I don't like to be playing more than four games at a time. Um, sometimes like in the week, I'll have like, you know, more than four to talk about, but I'm usually not actually actively playing more than four, right? Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a week, it'll vary, right? I might play one and put it down for a while and then go on to it. Um, but in general, I like to be playing, I like to play four games on four different systems, Um because I find that any more than that and I get a little um, just distracted or I don't get to the games or I just don't really care, you know, or like I ignore something and like having it on different systems makes it feel like it's like, okay, I can pick up my Game Boy Advance and I can play a game for that for a while. And then when I'm like, Ugh, too much, I can go pick up 3DS so I can play that for a bit or I can pick up my Switch. You know what I mean? Like it's like it actively feels like something different in my brain because like I can't play games for too long. I just, it I get I get shut out, I get bored, I don't want to, right? And I don't really want to marathon games. I like to play for a little bit at a time. So that's kind of like how I like to organize it. And I've become like a lot more ruthless with my backlog. I used to, this is what I think is part of the problem too. The the podcast actually helps. I have to say part of how I keep track of what I'm playing is the fucking podcast because I'm writing down every week what I've been doing. Um, Oh, I find myself working from the show notes as much as I work off my currently playing on the site. Well, actually, I have to say my currently playing on the site, I think I it, it suffered a bit since I've had the podcast because I have the podcast and know what I'm playing. So I have to remind myself, dude, go to Howling Beat and update your shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Um, when I complete it, that's no problem because, you know, I always write down Obviously, when I complete yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I used to rely more on the playing for it. But um, yeah, I know. It's so funny. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to remind myself to update what I'm actually playing on there. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that... Um, 
I used to have like, I would have like titles from all sorts of series, right? I'd have like sequels and everything. I find now I tend to delete all those and I only have like the first of a series in there or like the one that I want to go to next. Um, Mm. And I just decide because I'm like, dude, if you don't beat that game, you sure shit aren't going to beat the fucking three other sequels. You know, like I'm like, I will play like it's like like um, actually doing the segment has helped me trim out a little bit of my uh, (laughs) my backlog because it's like I had like all the Sly Coopers in there, like one up to four. And I was like, bruh. If you don't beat the first Sly Cooper, you sure shit aren't going to beat the other three Sly Coopers. I'm like, just just put one on there. And if you beat it, then you can put the second one on. You know what I mean? Um, and then you can skip the third one because it's trash and you can go straight to Thieves in Time. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like the only, the, like, I think literally the only exception that I have on there is that I have two Fire Emblems on there right now. So, ooh, you know, because <laughs> uh, I also know I'm going to play those. Um, but I find that that's helped me because... In a way, it's it's made me a little more focused in what I'm going to play, and it also has made it feel more manageable because the reality, too, for me with the backlog is that I recognize that there's just games I'm never going to get to, right? There's just shit I'm never going to play. The backlog ultimately is aspirational. It's not definitive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like a way for me to just kind of... Um, I don't know, it, like focus my brain a bit, right? Because there's so many games out there. They're just so many goddamn games uh that are out there and half the fun is figuring out what you're going to play next right like i love that a lot but what i actually do is that the i love i love these flashcards because like on my gba my flashcard is also spread into folders right um when i turn it on all the games that i'm interested in playing like in a bit are like just there they're not in folders they're just right there then i have like a later folder which is just like these are games that i'm interested in later retired folder and then the completed folder because i just like to move the games that i've completed into there um and you've got a folder specifically for et the extraterrestrial as well right yeah yeah there's the burning folders so that's (laughs) (laughs) the burn in hell folder that's what that one's called (laughs) um but Actually, I think it's in my retired uh, folder. <laughs> E.T. Go Hell. Yeah, E.T. Go Hell. Exactly. Um, That's your episode title right there. Yeah, right. And I like to do that in um, like on my Game Boy Color, like my Game Boy one as well. I do the same thing. And I just find that because, you know, I don't know about you guys. Like I'm not maybe as like I used to be a little more like, I'm going to play this game because this is how long it's going to take. I'm going to go this, this. And I think now I'm a little bit more like, what it's in my backlog? What do I feel like right now? And like, occasionally I'll pop on my Game Boy and I'll just be like, what random piece of shit do I want to try playing right now? And I'll just (laughs) click it. And then I'm like, oh, that was fun. Or, oh, that was bad. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at these days. But I'm a little bit like Paula too. I want to play the games that I've bought. I, I... I have to always have a game that I've bought recently on the go, like, or that I've bought in general, which sounds sort of funny, but it's like, because I think game pass, right? That's the thing. Like I don't treat game Pass as like a game I've bought. I like want to have a game pass game on the go, but if I have that, I need to be playing a game that I've actually purchased as well. <laughs> Cause like, otherwise it's just all that money. I'm sinking down the drain. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So do, do either of you then backlog games that you don't, I, I, I use the term own loosely because obviously like if you have the the rom on a flash cart like you yeah. you have it um so i know some people do but i personally don't like if, if a game's on my backlog 
I either have the ROM on my computer or like I own the disc or I've bought the digital copy sort of thing. I don't use it as a shopping basket. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, I have to have that thing has to be accessible to me within a couple minutes. <laughs> Otherwise, it is just I don't put it on the list, right? Because you know, and I have lots of games that I own. Like, I mean, I sort of joked, but I went back when I came back home. I have a suitcase underneath my bed of Xbox 360 games. They're nowhere to be found yeah. on any of my lists, um, despite the <laughs> fact that I, well, I beat most of them, to be fair. Um, oh, yeah. My, mass majority of my Steam library isn't on my backlog. I think I'd just cry if if that like that true number was ever revealed. I think I would actually have a little breakdown. Uh, you wouldn't have me on the podcast next week. I'd still be in the fetal position, like rocking slowly. <laughs> 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 I know. I mean, that, that... oh yeah. Sorry, go I was gonna say, looking at your backlog is like facing mortality. It's just like every yeah. day. <laughs> should, should we do that? Should we have a little thought experiment? Should we um, live? Not live, but on 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 like audio record. Say what our current like number of games is and what the time to beat all is for the backlog. Yeah. See, I don't know if I. Can... I just wanted to answer oh, the God. question of if I could like the games that I emulate or stuff like that in my backlog. Unless I'm planning to play them like either immediately or part of a series, like a Fire Emblem games that I have the GameCube one in my backlog, I don't. Like, as it's I would cry. Now, as it's written now, so you don't have all your things. I don't have all my Steam games. Alex has got four tabs he's got to add together. I'm uh, doing that. I'm almost <laughs> there. Uh, you can multiple list it in theory. So I, then it will give you a total time. I, I You know yeah. what? My time's not actually that terrifying. Um, because like my total time to beat is 118 days, give or take a few hours. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, yeah. let me. Which I, let which me I have to say that's that. not that's not that bad. Like I'm like you know what that's actually feasible. I could I can do that <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, assuming you never bought anything else ever, which we all know exactly. is not going to happen. But that's the truth <laughs> with the that's the reality, right? With the freaking um, with the backlog, you know, it's ever increasing. And I mean. The goal isn't to defeat the backlog, right? The goal is just no, to no. Of course, the goal—it's all about the journey, not the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, of course it is. Of course it is. So my my backlog and up next tabs. So this is including this isn't including rather games that I might replay one day. Uh, Three hundred and sixty-eight games. Mm-hmm. Two hundred and sixty-six days. <laughs> Damn. But I've completed seven hundred and two games. So like in the context, that's like. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, how many games have I completed? I'm at six twenty-eight. I think you're on a similar number to me, yeah. And then I think Paolo's around about the two fifty mark. Yeah. Yeah, I'm checking right now because um I had my my backlog like said with the one hundred percent times of the games because I have many games that don't have any times. And with that I would have like a hundred and thirty no, five hundred and thirty two days left on my backlog but with the average time to be like just main story it would be 206 days and there's 226 um playthroughs left to complete as to how many games i completed let me check that for you quick um, there's 280 playthroughs, but only 248 unique games. I replayed a lot of stuff. <laughs> Damn. You see, I'm not much of a replayer, honestly. That's that's one of the things. I don't do that. I'm just like boom, 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 getting through games. Though I've been slowly coming back to a few replays recently. I've 
had the itch. I just bought Link's Awakening again because it was like on sale for like 50 bucks. And I was like, ah, I want to play that game again. <laughs> um, but I yeah. had to remind myself that you're CAD then because I was like, on sale at 50. What? Yeah, that was actually really good because like <laughs> I bought the game for like $85 when it came out. I sold it for 80. Um, and so now I bought it for 50. So I'm like, I'm happy with that. <laughs> you're doing all right. Yeah. I might sell it again for 50. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that's the thing with those yeah so like i mean that's not too bad overall 118 though i'm pretty proud of that actually i was thinking it was gonna be more i'm not i got the least on here i'm doing pretty good at this then <laughs> uh yeah uh, that's I'm also, gonna be here forever <laughs> i know right it's coming from pruning <laughs> games too but it's part of the joy of like honestly this is sort of like funny but i think users of the site will agree with me that like part of the enjoyment with games is like finding games researching about games getting games working on whatever you're using and just kind of like you know like exploring like that so like there is like that weird metagame of like how long to beat of just like having it organized and like knowing what i'm going into like i enjoy that i like looking and going like all right what am i playing and just having it on someplace where i can see it all for me really helps because Mm. it gets a little overwhelming right i forget the freaking my, my nintendo switch i don't even know what's on those things I have to rely on the website because looking at the switch, it's like a nightmare. I'm like, look at all these little boxes. I don't know what any of them are. <laughs> Lol folders. What are those? <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's um, like the, that, that feature of marking, like if you have the game physical or from the HF or something like that, that is so useful. I, mm-hmm. because I, I sometimes don't remember like on which storefront I had the game, like on PC. So I used to write like GOG or Steam or or Epic on my on the custom name of the of the game. Yeah, and you can filter by it now as well. So that that Game Pass uh, tab is is somewhat redundant at this point, Alex. If you think about it. Yep. Yep. Though to be uh, fair, I'm yeah, thinking I, like, I like I'll to just see it on its own. Fast. Okay. <laughs> I like to be able to. I like to be able to click on it. You know what I mean? Like it's just nice. Uh, I, you do you, Bing. Yeah. I have four tabs. I can do what I want with them. <laughs> They're my tabs. I can click what I want to. Yeah, oh, exactly. Um, um, so speaking of what you want to, uh, shall we, because we put it on the show notes, have a quick sort of whip around about the games that we're excited to get to and the games that we've uh, we've really neglected for far too long. I actually wanted to hit on the neglected one quick because uh, I was looking at it and fucking, it's flipping death, man. Like on my, like, tab here flipping death came out in 2018 pretty sure i bought it when i got my switch like like near around that time like it was one of those first games on sale that i got and that shit has been sitting in my backlog for so many years now and i just like Mm. i keep looking at it like i should go play flipping death and then i'm like i won't but i don't want to retire because i haven't tried it yet so it's just going to be that one game that sits in my backlog for eternity i think (laughs) Pure white flipping elephant, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Mine, uh, I've I've kind of got three. So the first one is Persona Five Royal, uh, mm. which I bought on release, having sort of waited on Persona Five because I knew that they'd bring out like a Game of the Year type edition thing. They always do. Mm. Um, played up to the boss of the tutorial dungeon, and then just stopped playing it. And then it's it's just been sat on my up next tab for about a year and a half. Second is God Hand, which has been sat on my PS2 emulator folder since I got this laptop back in, what, 2015, maybe 2016? 
Um, and then let's go even further beyond that. Tactics Ogre, let us cling together, which I've owned the PSP disc of since like 2012. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and those are just the ones that they immediately sort of jump out of me um, in my up next tab. What about you, Paolo? What games have you neglected in your backlog? Um, Games that I've neglected? I have a bunch, but <laughs> some of the more neglected ones are, for example, Okami, because I originally bought uh, to play on my Wii U, and I bought the Wii version, and then I bought the PS4 version, and then I bought the Switch version. Oh my god. I haven't, I haven't even started yet, because I got the Switch version because it is portable, and I thought, oh, maybe I will maybe um, play, play it, it sooner. <laughs> Yeah, I'll play it sooner because it is easier like just to pick up and play. And then I notice, wait, I have a stupid amount of games already on my Switch, so that logic doesn't really work anymore. Mm. Um, the other one is um, Amnesia Crowd Cross Later. That is like the first uh, Japan import that I that I got, and those are fan discs for uh, the the first of Otome game that I ever played. So I was, oh, I want to play the fan disc. And I got them like for really cheap, like many years ago, like at 10 bucks. I haven't touched them, though there's a patch that's really like nearly completed. So I might finally get to that. And the other game, because I'm trying like to pick one of the others, I think is um, The Legend of Zelda Wing Waker HD. Because our Again, I bought that on day one for my Wii U. I've started that game three times now. I actually was playing that game the when back on season one of the podcast, and I was like a guest for that podcast, and I was playing that game, and I stopped playing again. And I'm just to pick it up again. I really want to finish that game. It was a good game. Oh yeah, it's a great game. <laughs> it is a it is a great game. I want to finish it. Um, so yeah, I think that's my top three. The other one would be Valkyria Chronicles Remaster because I got to the thirty three hour mark, like halfway through the game, and I stopped playing and I forgot the story. And I need to like learn game. the controls again because it is a third person shooter with tactical turn based tactical elements. And those I mean, games barely a third person shooter. Yeah. Yep. I would just jump into like ah. four or something. Try Valkyrie Chronicles four, and then you'll remember all the controls. Um, I love the honestly though. I, I oh, man, Valkyrie Chronicles remastered is excellent. I love that game so much. Those games kind of got, got that me in four the on the shelf. Yeah. yeah. Have you played either the PSP ones? Because two is excellent. No, I haven't. I should do that. No, it's I limited, it but very excellent. So go on. I got the second one as a gift when I was like halfway through the first game, and the friend was like, "Hey, I got you a, a birthday present. Like, <laughs> uh, I think it was like a ten bucks uh, a thing for the the PS Vita, and the game was ten bucks. And I haven't played it, and I feel bad. Oh no! It's, you'll like it. The shields are actually useful, which apparently they're not in the first game. The uh, the engineers, anyway. Um, and should we should we really quickly touch on what we're excited? play for my collections as well before we move on to the question 
Yeah, maybe let's hit one one each or something. Yeah, like I'm, uh, I think it's not much of a mystery, but I'm extremely excited to get to the great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Um, <laughs> I've got that shit sitting there. I'm ready. I just got to be late and then I'm fucking diving in. But like that for me, when I look at my collection, I'm just like, yeah, that's the one. I want that right now. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Paula? Same play i really want to get to the second one of, of the of the two pack of the games i do want to play the first one because um because i really want to see how the or the the official translation the official localization compares to the final translation and then like run up to the second one anita kuni because that's long overdue <laughs> <laughs> whatever you rick I have five that I'm going to be really quick on. Minoria, which is the mm. the fifth one to uh, Mamadora Reverie Under the Moonlight, which I'm very excited for after that. Uh, Sam and Max, the Telltale series, which I've needed to get to for way too long. Uh, the Dream Machine, which is a claymation-like adventure puzzler. Star Renegades, a RPG in the sort of Octopath visual style. I think they call it Pixel HD or, you know... But looks beautiful, and I picked up on launch and really need to come to. And then this is a lovely segue potentially into our question uh, this week. Uh, Prey Mooncrash, the um, DLC expansion to Arcane's exceptional Prey sequel stroke reboot, uh, makes it like a roguelite sort of thing. Oh, neat. Uh, and I've heard universally excellent things about it, and I just need to get around to it, and I'm very, very excited for when I do. Um, and that, as a DLC campaign... Uh, as I say, is a really good lead into our question this week yeah. coming from the lovely Uwe. Uh, he wants to know if there's a game that we hate the vanilla version of, but love a specific game mode or DLC or mod or similar for. Uh, and I think you're the only one of us that actually had something that properly answers that question, Alex. Yeah. So, um, so I, I actually think for me personally, like I was thinking, but this is a hard question. Like I was trying to think and I was like, I don't really know. Like there's like most of the games when it comes to DLC or something that I like, I like because I like the game. You know what I mean? Like there's not many examples I can think of, but one that I played even like fairly recently was dragon, uh, dragon warrior one or dragon quest one. I would actually say that like, I don't like the base game. I only like that game with the mod that doubles your gold and your experience because genuinely like without that mod, that is a very unfun game. Like it's just, it's just boring. You grind for so long and I'm just like, I'm not into it. But like when you put that mod in and you get double that gold, double that experience, it's suddenly quite enjoyable. And it doesn't even, it's not even like it becomes too easy or anything. It's just actually fun. You know, you're like, oh, Mm. I'm not battling as often. I get to actually play through the story. I don't feel like I have to like run back to an inn every five minutes because they want to make sure that I, you know, play this for long enough and don't breeze through it in a couple hours. Because <laughs> um, I'm a young child in the 80s or whatever, or the early 90s, right? Um, so like, that's actually one where I'm like, I think without the mod, it actually becomes uh, a much worse game and a game that you're like kind of going to have like a not fun experience with you know um mm. yeah yeah so i think that's for me it would be that one there's also arguably like i think probably one that uve is thinking of um kotor 2 but i would say that because like there's the restored content mod but i'd actually say that in that example the the base game is actually still extremely fun and enjoyable and like i i always like playing the base game but i also know that the restored content mod's dope too so if you want to play kotor 2 get that restored content mod learn a whole bunch more <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, what about mm. you two? It's a tricky one because I actually don't play much DLC to start with. Mm. Uh, and, and of that that I do, I'm sort of in the same boat as you and I, I expect Paolo, which is I generally will only seek it out if I like the base game. So I think my favorite DLC to date is the, the campaign packs for Control, which I thought were excellently well mm. sort of realized, well done. Did a lot to expand on the base game. Uh, I expect Mooncrash might sort of meet or even exceed that. Um, the closest thing I can think of, and this isn't even really a mod, but um, the original PSP version of Final Fantasy Type-0, first of all, is way more fun to play and to look at than whatever the abomination of a of an excuse for a remaster was that they released on PS4 and Xbox One. Um but also, if you play it on Vita, and this doesn't even really count as a mod, but you're able to map the D-pad camera controls to the right analog stick, which just makes it loads better. And that game has a really good lock-on system, so it's almost like a non-issue. But having it on the right stick is just loads nicer. Uh, and that, that goes for quite a few PSP games. So there's like a Call of Duty game on PSP where, where the if you can believe it, the aiming is on the D-pad and the moving is on the analog stick. I can't imagine how anyone played that on original hardware. Yeah, Paolo, Paolo's pulling the face that is my confusion internally. But on a Vita, <laughs> that suddenly makes sense because, yes, it is just the four cardinal directions, but they're on a stick on the other side of the console, finally. Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm really ill-equipped to answer that question, and that's the best I can do. What about <laughs> you, Paolo? I just remember that one meme with the cat that... It's like making a face to, to a salad. And that was my yes. face when you were describing the, <laughs> Literally. the thing. <laughs> I don't like your oh. controller, Rick. That sounded bad. Um, I don't really buy the DLC for a game that I don't feel is like either complete or very, very enjoyable to me. So for example, the only three DLC I bought, I think, are the Breath of the Wild, um, the Ballads Champion, the Champions Ballad, sorry, um, the character packs for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Torna, the Golden Country for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Hmm. Out of those, I adore Breath of the Wild, but the Champions Ballad really, really brings like, really brings to life the champions and how they were before the Great Calamity. So I think I would choose that one, but I don't, I wouldn't ever buy the DLC or play the DLC for a game that I hate. Hmm. So for example, no Sword Until, even though I've heard the DLC is better than the main game. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I haven't played uh, that I... either. You know, it, it makes me think too, actually. I was thinking back to the things that we've done recently, but like the color mods for like um, Super Mario Land 1 and 2, like I can't go back yeah. to the originals now. And like, I don't hate the originals by any stretch of the imagination, but it kind of amazed me. Like I was recently watching a video that like had some footage from Super Mario Land 2 um, like without the color. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't realize just how much the color added to it. Like it really adds a lot to the experience. Um, even in just terms of readability and like, um, 
and whatnot. But that's also an, an example of like an enhancement, you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily that, which arguably I think is still kind of like Dragon Quest. Although I would say Dragon Quest, I do hate the base game without that mod. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, like in that situation. But also I have to say, we're probably a little ill-equipped as well because as we know, Uwe is a master of the mod scene particularly when it comes to doom so this is a fellow who's played a lot of those fan game ones and i just i'm not really in there you know what i mean like i've been exploring a little more um this kind of world of of fan games like with pokemon prism and whatnot which has kind of made me feel like i can't go back to crystal but um it's like it's one of those experiences where it's like you don't know what you're missing until you get it and you're like holy shit um (laughs) oh i know you know oh yeah Um, Yep, I, I thought of a game that I wouldn't really complete if it wasn't for the definitive version of it, and that would be Link's Awakening. Oh, because the okay. original game for the Game Boy it is excellent, but after playing the remake, I can't go back to just having two buttons for all the items. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting question another time, is if we uh, talked about sort of remakes and remasters that render the original versions obsolete mm. so mental note we should possibly come back to that one yeah there's a topic uh, for next time <laughs> there you go yep. nice thanks Uve. Mm. you gave us a question and a topic <laughs> uh Thank you, cool well why don't we move on then we're doing great timing this week why don't we move on Ooh. to everybody's favorite game <laughs> how long to beat the game all right rick tell us What's our game this week? Oh shit! Yeah, it is my week. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about editing all the whole episode. Yeah, this is your week. <laughs> shit, it's been a while. All I right. know, I know. So this is me stalling for time. Well, you can always stats. edit it out. <laughs> and then, yes, I absolutely can. You're absolutely right. Oh, now this is an interesting one. Ocean Horn, Monster of Uncharted Ooh, Seas. I love that game. Uh, what? Yeah, I know that one. That's the Zelda like. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to say, the first one. It was originally an iOS game, and then it got ports to all the things. It's on Vita of all things as well. I think it's an excellent game. I I very much love. Yeah, because it had it had a limited. Do you know what? I should download that. Actually, I'm gonna while I'm thinking about it, I'm gonna get it downloaded on the. Oh my god! I'm looking like at screenshots of the game. How I have never heard of this one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i personally like i i really like, like i know they talk about how it's a ripoff and whatnot but like i really think it holds its own um the obviously it doesn't feel like quite as good but like it's a fun game um there was a sequel that came out that's more like 3d-ish and i don't know if it fared as well as the uh as the first one i think it's a bit well maybe i don't know I certainly don't think it landed as well Mm. but turns out old me is very clever because i'd already downloaded it on the vita <laughs> i just yeah. had a check mm. now the problem is i have a vague idea of how long i think it might be but even that vague idea is sort of beyond the five hour buffer that we have yeah uh, i know i'm sort of having a hard go right now um uh because so, like i kind of feel like i I know, but I'm also like not entirely sure. Uh, I'm gonna go ten hours, twelve hours, seventeen hours. It's decided. Yeah. See, I just. Yeah, me too. A hundred percent. Right. You know, like I, I'm kind of like, 
I remember I playing I... it. I remember playing it, but I'm just a little. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Okay, I think. I read the wiki for for the game that isn't like too informative about. Oh yeah, no. This... Like the whole experience, though it seems to have been compared to a link to the past and the wing breaker in some some aspects. So I'm gonna guess it's gonna be like something similar to those. Yeah. I'm gonna say eleven hours and thirty minutes for a main. Where is my main plus? There. <laughs> it's been deleted off the show notes. You only get a three hour buffer, it's decided. Yeah. <laughs> um I feel like this is around a 15 hour game and I don't want to put myself up with this. Okay, 12 hours maybe. Is it shooting like too high? Okay. Eleven hours and thirty minutes main. I'm gonna go fifteen hours main plus. Yeah, I'm in fifteen as well. Well, the hundred percent is a bit tricky. Yeah, I just I can't remember if there's like a lot of collectibles and whatnot. Um, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go eighteen hours. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing eleven hours main, fifteen hours main plus, nineteen hours and thirty minutes for. 100%. Okay. I, I think it's a 15 to 20 hour game. All right. Oh, what do you think, Rick? I'm stuck with 10, 12, 17. I'm sticking with my numbers. Are we all locked in? Are we all feeling good? Locked in. Yep. Beautiful. Let's reveal. Oh. <laughs> I think we've all, to varying degrees, done it. So, main story is nine and a half hours. Nice. Main and extras is 11 and a half hours. Nice. Nice. Um, Completionist is 16 hours. Nice. Nice. Now it's five points all around. Very good. Um, yeah, that's a game I do recommend um, to folks. Like, it's a very, um, it's just fun. If you want a little Zelda fix, get mm. on. It's like Wind Waker-y, but also Link to the Past-y. It's very fun. <laughs> I'm kind of sad, Alex, because you're no longer on the best number score of 69. I know. 74. Yeah, 76 for Rick, <laughs> 74 for Alex. 65 for Paula. Maybe the first person who gets past 100 will do something fun for them. I don't know what, but we'll do something. <laughs> wow. When I get there, I mean, the Switch OLED will be coming out soon. At that oh, point. yeah, that's funny. If you... <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you 100 Nintendo points. There you go. <laughs> Here you go. Buy yourself something nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy myself a fifth of Zelda Picross. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll transfer my platinum points or something. Uh, all oh, right, that's dear. it for this week. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, toodles. Take it Bye. easy. So, first of all, I have the Halloween.